five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. And the the funny part is, is that, oh, surprise, surprise, people don't actually give the right answers on survey data, right? Surprise, survey data. Survey respondents don't always tell the truth. So your market is lying to you. Now, this is if you, even if they, sometimes you get the wrong answers. We've talked a lot about that. You know, about my adventure with Amazon where they asked me what kind of books I liked. Now, they know what kind of books I order, right? But they probably didn't have enough categorization and they thought they'd ask. And, and, and you know, the North American Fishing Club thought they could guess what kind of fish I fished for. And I suggested that they ask. So sometimes the survey thing works. Sometimes it's not a fit. That's, again, why you want to use somebody who's made a few mistakes or watched clients make mistakes. But I, you know, routinely I'll say I have 100 employees <laughs> in my clients, right? I mail 17 million a year in my clients. <laughs> One time people said, well, how many, how many pieces of mail do your clients mail? This was just a couple of years ago. And I said, oh, like uh, 180 billion a year. What? Yeah, the U.S. Postal Service is my client. It has been off and on quite a bit over the years. And uh, so, you know, so when you ask me my, when, ask me no questions, I'll tell you no lies. Okay, so what have we got? We, we got to boil down to advertisers lie and customers lie. And you're going to figure this all out, right? Oh, and I wanted to, oh, I just wanted to note sales dip at Wayfair. And and I think of Wayfair as a cataloger, but I'm not sure they do catalogs any anymore. So I actually reached out to uh, Matthew at Wayfair. I won't say his last name. And uh, he's, uh, you know, seems like a really smart guy. And I'm going to, I'm going to show him my new invention with, in conjunction with uh, the guys down in Phoenix that I that are always saying hi and did again today. Hi, Keith. <laughs> now I mentioned you on today's show. Keith and Paul. Paul the printer. That's what I tell my wife his name is, Paul the printer. So uh, we're, we're working on a, a new patent, and we're working on a new way to actually deliver what direct marketing has promised since the 70s. So if you want to hear about marketing lies, if you're new to marketing, you might want to get my book, Spinning Straw into Gold, it has a picture of Rumpelstiltskin on there because the story of Rumpelstiltskin is founded on some very, very big lies, right? And I concluded after about 20 years in direct marketing that we were telling big lies. One was we know all about you. And number two was we can guess what you're going to do. Both completely baloney. So all that aside, let's go over to... Disney, as a follow-up on Ritson's article, Disney beats expectations and adds 116, no, and hits 116 million subscribers in Q3. Why? Well, it's because they released Black Widow on streaming. You could sign up for Disney and get Black Widow right, out, right in your own home. Just as soon as in the theaters. And if you didn't feel like going to the theater, you know, direct to consumer. The theaters, you know, they're, they're, in tough, they're in a tough spot because, you know, they're shut down by the government. And now they're 
bypassed by the movie producers. So, but you know, Ritson, a great article. I I encourage you to go back to um, Monday or Tuesday's uh, show where I talk about where Ritson talks about proximity. I think it was. And he talked about how marketers need to get close to the consumer, and the best way to do it is to try to sell to the consumer directly. So now let's go over to selling directly to the consumer. Five benefits of selling direct to consumer, DTC or D2C. I think, I think they're synonymous, synonymous acronyms. Okay, Simba. Oh, what a cool name. Okay, in the past few years, there's been a significant shift in the world of retail. And part of it is that the retailers were shut down. I mean, the manufacturers had a great excuse to start selling off their website, right? They put up Shopify or something, and all of a sudden they can sell it on their website. The big hindrance, as I've said before, uh, having worked with um, Mercury Outboard directly, indirectly with um, John Deere, directly with with Chicago Cutlery, uh, which is owned by General Housewares, when a manufacturer 20 years ago wanted to go direct to the consumer, the retailers would drop their products or threaten to. Now, Sears figured it out by uh, paying their retailers, their stores, 10% of the, of the sales of the catalog in their vicinity. So the, so the catalog paid a royalty to the stores. Now, what that did was it made a $5 billion catalog business unprofitable because they just sucked 10% of the gross revenue right out of the, out of the thing. You know? So that's $500 million went right to the stores. Now, the stores liked it. That made them more profitable. And some genius in accounting, probably the CFO, said, this catalog is unprofitable. We should shut it down and focus on our stores. Never mind that the catalog was, this was the end of Sears. Never mind the catalog was driving traffic to the stores, right? You could order. I mean, they were so far ahead of the game. They were so far ahead of what Walmart was doing is doing now. They were they were 20 years ahead. Uh, and yet, the genius in accounting said the catalog isn't making money, so let's shut it down. Well, of course, that just instantly cut 10% of the revenue of the stores and made them unprofitable. The rest is history, right? And Walmart bought them. Oh, my gra gracious sakes, right? But watch out for the way you do accounting. It can ruin a business if you haven't got the insight. One, in day, one, one day they, they, they fired 800 people in the catalog. And, they, and then they tried to resurrect it, sort of, but they'd made such a big deal out of shutting it down. Anyway, so the problem always was that retail was threatened by direct-to-consumer. Just like in business-to-business, -business, if you do a catalog and you've got a sales force, they're threatened by direct-to-consumer. But there are solutions, like Sears had up until that point. What they should have done is they should have said, well, let's scale it back a little and make sure we're profitable in spite of selling, sending 10% to the stores. They should have taken a $5 billion company and said, because what happens is your, your profits go up steeply on your best customers with modeling they do, and then they taper off and there's a long plateau, and then there's a sort of a plunge at, the, at where you're mailing really, really unprofitable names. If you just cut off that plunge 
which would be like 20%. You probably only impact sales 5%. So that means the sales would go down from 5 billion to 475. And maybe you could, you know, do things to improve that too. But 475, so the stores basically lose nothing. And all of a sudden your marketing costs get back in line and all everything's happy. But instead they cut the whole thing and killed the, killed the big killed a big 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 retailer. Anyway, so direct to consumer has is is threatening. When when Nike says we're going direct to consumers, Cole says we don't like that. Right? We want them to come into the store. Cole's selling Nike. But Cole's is still selling Nike as far as I can tell. Last time I was in there, I think they were. And they don't discount it. They don't give you the 40% or the 30% off that they give on all the other items in the store. Right? So they love Nike. But Nike said, well, first they said, we're going to Amazon. But then when they realized Amazon did not tell them who the customer was, Amazon's just like a big retailer. They won't tell you anything. They said, we're going to do it on our own. And Nike is big enough and powerful enough, and the stores were shut down, that they could get away with it. And now they are. Okay? And the same thing with Disney. They're going direct because they can figure out what's going on. Does that mean they will figure out what's going on? Oh, no, they sure won't. Most catalogers don't figure out what's going on, like Sears, right? But there's a lot of benefits. First of all, most and most importantly, cut out the middlemen, okay? Walmart, famous for disintermediation. <laughs> Joe, what was it? Was it Joe Walton? Anyway, no, it's probably not. But anyway... Sam Walton said to to uh, Ben Franklin, I think he worked at a brand, Ben Franklin, he said, you know, if we would just buy direct from the manufacturers, we could cut 20% of our cost of goods or 30% of our overhead, and we could give the consumers 10% of it, and we could still be 20% more profitable. And they laughed at Sam and said, oh, Sam, you're so smart. Why don't you get your own store? And so Sam did it. And the reason it's called Walmart is because he wanted to call it Walton Mart, but the reason he didn't is because he could save the two letters or three letters, right? Three letters on the sign cost. And what what he'd do then is call up merchants or call up manufacturers and say, hey, if I come get the stuff, would you sell it to me? And they said, well, sure, I guess so. You know, just bring a big truck. And so, so Sam and his boys would load up the pickup truck and go drive to the manufacturers and stock their store. And they did just exactly that plan. They 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 saved 30% on the cost of goods and they gave 10% back to the consumer and they made 20% more than any Ben Franklin ever did. And that is why selling direct, that was a form of direct. They were actually, in that case, buying direct. Okay, so they were getting rid of the wholesalers. The wholesalers would buy from the manufacturers and put it in warehouses and ship it to all the stores. And that still goes on today. Okay, but you take full control of your product the brand, the messaging, the customers, reputations, etc. Okay, you can. Do they? No. Okay, so what is selling direct? Actually, selling direct is very indirect. It means selling remote. It means you're going to do what we, you know, did in direct mail for the last 150 years. It bypasses wholesalers and retailers. Okay, so it's not so much, you know, well, anyway, it is. It's a connection between... You know, it's, it, it, it takes away some of the middlemen, not all, but some. 
Okay, direct response marketing campaigns involve monitoring responses via direct channels to measure how well the campaign is performing. And we can measure a lot. And like I've been saying over and over and over, the thing about mail is you get 100% guarantee. It's not 100%. Maybe it's 97, 95% engagement. But you get way higher than any other media. And you, uh, so you know that they get it. You know it's delivered. You know that it uh, is looked at, has to be looked at, and you know it's looked at by a decision maker. So what we have in direct mail is we have a decision maker looking at it and not buying and a decision maker looking at it and buying. One of those two groups. And that gives us much greater insight because we know exactly who didn't buy even though they engaged. And no other media knows that. Okay? And he says, now the way that worked in the past with brands is coupon redemption. We had one of the biggest fraud ring, coupon fraud rings in, a, in the world, I think, in Milwaukee. Just to pitch Wisconsin again. Okay, so you get control over all this stuff. And, um, and consumers like it. More than 50% of consumers, like for example, I'm going to call up Moen. Moen Faucets. They have a lifetime guarantee. And they offered to send me a faucet. I can't get it apart. If I, I tried to with the with the instructions, but I still can't get it apart. So they're going to send me a whole faucet, and I can talk right to them. And they're very, very nice and very helpful. Anyway, so this is not new. Direct-to-consumer model is rewarding to customers as it is manufacturers. Okay? You get a higher customer lifetime value, partly because the repeat orders come to you. Right? You get better relationship because anytime you want, you can actually... Reach out to your customers, or you can't if you sell through Amazon or if you sell through uh, retail. You don't know who the customers are. Now, in some cases, you can like, you know, you, we used to put warranty cards in. We used to have sweepstakes, other things. There's ways you can get the name of the consumer to start talking to them. But anyway, this way you know for sure. You know a lot of things for sure. Consumers prefer do, do, buying direct, and you get control over all the messaging. And most of all, and this is what proximity gives you uh, that that Ritson was saying is you can test you can test offers over and over and over and you can see what the market wants and you can't do that if, if you're just selling to retailers okay so the, in a legacy retail model is so limited manufacturers don't even have control over pricing so true right and now that's what Disney's got and they're going crazy and you can and and the way this works omnichannel commerce the way this works is you should have mail as your epistemological foundation. You can learn the most with mail. Does it take a while? Yes. Do you know for sure? Yes. That's the, that's the point. Once you know for sure, then you spend money on digital and social and mass media. Okay? Because they're going to be in multiple channels. Direct-to-consumer isn't for everyone, but it is kind of for everyone if you ask me. So that's a really, really good article. If you go over to WDMA, the articles are up every day. Like and subscribe. It's free. Uh, and then we're going direct to you, right? How cool is that? So have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.